Hello, welcome to the Comparative Agility Podcast. My name is Simon Hilton, and in this series we'll be talking with world leaders in agility to help understand how we can make continuous improvement a part of your company's DNA. In this episode, we talk with the volunteer group behind the Product Owner PI, the newest community-driven assessment from Comparative Agility. And here we are. Welcome to the Comparative Agility Podcast. My name is Simon Hilton. And today we have a really, really special episode because uh, it's the first time ever we'll be looking at the personal improvement capabilities that were added to Comparative Agility. And these are a really great set of, of assessments which allow really focused on the uh, key part, key roles inside their Scrum uh, framework. Being uh, This is actually really interesting because the first one we released was the Scrum Master our personal improvement and now we're doing the product owner personal improvement but this is the first time we're talking about it on the podcast and to join me we have a whole grunt bunch of people who have been involved in, in in developing this um we'll just go around the room and you know if you could all say hello that'd be great so let's start with you Jorgen oh hi yeah I'm, I'm Jorgen Hesselberg co-founder of Comparative Agility uh really excited to be here I I was uh, really just here to kind of put some things together so uh, this is definitely not about me I'm just excited to be working with such great people for for this uh capability right and Ruin, what about you yeah hello I'm Ruin. I'm from uh, Norway I've been working with the software development uh, in teams for uh, plenty of years and I've been using some of the other PI products earlier. So it was really tempting for me when I got the chance to, to join into this project. Great. And Solly. Hi, um, I'm Solly Paprish. I'm a part of the Scrum Alliance team, and we really focus on learning and growth on my team specifically. Um, based in Denver, Colorado, and throughout this project, I've really been involved in uh, really facilitating and connecting the volunteers in our community to comparative agility and the tool development as a whole. Awesome. Dwayne. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, Dwayne Kenny. I am a uh, currently a product coach um, and uh, have, have previously been a product owner. So I got to be one of the volunteers um, and contributors to the, uh, to the tool, um, which was kind of near and dear to my heart because these are the folks that I actually coach and and uh, like I said, folks that have been in my past life. So um, it, was, it was a great opportunity to get in and try and share some of the things that I've learned and, and things that I've stumbled on to help, help guide some other folks not to, uh, to get on some of the same paths I have. Excellent. And Elena, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Good morning, everyone. Uh, out of New York City, New York here. I'm an Agile coach as well, uh, Elena Minova. And uh, I do work a lot with Scrum teams and uh, product owners uh, in particular as well, uh, coaching them through their journey, their maturity. And uh, this was an exciting effort for me to be part of. Uh, super excited to um, ha- see it come to fruition. So um, thank you all. Excellent. And one of our previous uh, guests, we have Matt Harbrick back. Harbrick back. Yeah. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, coming from. Ames, Iowa, and uh, I'm part of the comparative agility team. I support uh, the business analytics functions uh, within um, uh, comparative agility, and and my role in this project is is sort of as the the, the person to help uh, guide the crafting of the questions and kind of keep uh, keep us in a good uh, framework in terms of the psychometric assessment side. So, not uh, not an expert on the subject matter, but happy to be here and and see this uh, whole project come together. It's been very interesting and exciting. Awesome. So this is going to be a fun one for me because we've never had this many people on the one podcast. Uh, we're always willing to try something new. We're being agile, we're, we're, we're iterating and improving. So well, I'm, I'm really excited to see what we come up with. So, but let's get back to the product owner, a personal improvement. So as I was saying, it's a, it's one of the new ways that the product, uh, that the comparative agility software is seeking to help uh, that continuous improvement journey um, for everyone inside the Scrum team. So Really, I mean, I'm really. Where did this start? How? Why? Why does this? Uh, in, in, why does this tool exist? 
maybe I'll start with this and maybe Saleh can, can follow on. It, it's, it came out from the community uh, with, with Scrum Alliance, actually, because with the Scrum Master PI, the, the first uh, personal improvement module that was released, what we realized very quickly is that this really is necessary for all the key roles in Scrum and maybe in Agile in general. Because one thing is to, to be a coach or a Scrum Master or having any of these critical roles. As you get certified, that's a great place to start. But then you sort of say to yourself, now what? You know, how, how do I keep improving? Where do I go? There's so many resources out there. It can be really overwhelming for people to sort of know where, what to do next. Because, because we, don't, we know that learning doesn't stop with the certification. So, mm. so Scrum Alliance asked their members, asked their volunteers to say, okay, we did this now with, with the Scrum Master community. What about other communities? Which, which other roles do you think could be important? And the product owner community just came out right away saying, hey, the product owner role is tricky. Let's be honest, it's a, <laughs> it's a complicated role and, and we need some help. So, so that was kind of where it started. And then, uh, and Sully, maybe you could maybe say a little bit about how the, how the volunteer community came together and, and formed the product owner uh, PI community, which was really awesome to see it all happen. Yeah, happy to share about that. Um, I, I think you touched on an important point, Jorgen. It's a tool that's for our community, by our community. And I think that um, Scrum Alliance, when we're looking at our, our certificate holders, we really want to focus on how can we support them throughout their journey to getting to whatever point or job or stage that they want to be in. And I think that this tool is a way for them to really track their growth and have a way to really learn in a very specific way for themselves to see how they're doing in certain areas to keep growing. And um, I, I think that really ties into the reason that we have our own volunteers, people who are part of our community developing the tool, because they're really the ones who are in the field. They're really the ones who are pros and are at different stages of their um, product owner journey. And they're really the ones that know what is most impactful and important for product owners when they're starting off, when maybe they're a little further down the line. And I think that's why it's so exciting to bring this tool to our, our members and have it be a member benefit, because it's something that they have access to right after they earn their certification. So they can really see where are they starting and where are they going. And it's also a way to connect with experts in the Agile community as well. There's a feature that allows you to ask questions from people in the community to the greater product owner community. And I think that's also a really important piece that touches on uh, mentorship and connection. And that's really important, especially today. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that came out of all that and something that, you know, we have a lot of agile leaders can be put on pedestals in some respects because, you know, we have our, we have our, uh, our heroes as it is, but just the fact that this has come from a community made for a community and really promotes the idea of leadership at all levels. I mean, I think that's such a great message to send to everyone that, you know, it's not just about being a perfect agilist. It's about actually just being on that continuous improvement journey and, and seeking out knowledge and growth and, and, and helping others do that, uh, do the same thing. So this sounds like such a great, really values-based approach to, uh, to, to building, you know, the agile community and, and the agile uh, method out there. So that's fantastic to hear. I mean, it really actually, another thing that really comes to mind is, you know, in, in a lot of modern uh, implementations of agile, you had the idea of chapters and guilds and things like that. And that, while that's, you know, that's one way of doing it in another, another part, it is certainly speaking to the point of taking your craft very seriously and, and reaching out to people digitally, as you're saying, there's connections within this, uh, within this uh, assessment, which allow you to not only just see where you are, but actually learn from others and form connections in, in the new digital world. We know that's really, really important, especially in COVID, like we have the opportunity to be distributed. These kinds of tools are actually gonna become more and more important to create that, that web of uh, expertise um, all, through, all throughout the world. So, and, and, and the fact that you were all from different parts of, uh, you know, the world to create this really speaks to that, I think. Um, you've come together from, you know, different continents really to create this. So um, how exactly did, how exactly did you all work together to, to, to make this happen? Okay, so um, we, we had these uh, meetings uh, in the whole project group where we kind of um, did iterations on the work and we had a uh, progress, we had a, uh, 
uh, roadmap that we were following. We mm -hmm. agreed on things like personas and, uh, and what we were going to achieve. And then we were split into separate groups working with uh, parts of the delivery. And in the group I was in, we had the responsibility for two of the, of the areas, so to say. We were a group consisting of two people from the US, uh, one Norwegian and one Indian guy. So mm -hmm. we had uh, our own team meetings. And as you can tell, uh, having that span of time zones, it was a, quite challenging to, to work together, but we had a Slack channel we had some uh, shared spreadsheets and we were uh, also talking a lot individually between the members of the group. So it was, uh, it was an interesting setup because we were spanning so many time zones. And, and of course we have, all of us have very different experiences. And uh, to sum that up is, uh, is maybe the challenging part, but we, we had a good we formed a good group and we had a good uh, way of cooperating through the project. And I think to add to that, I think the concept of scrum teams was applied. So we had four basically scrum teams and we've uh, self-organized to an extent, right? F greatly facilitated by, you know, comparative agility and scrum alliance. And uh, within the groups, we've identified, you know, the roles and who, who is going to take the lead uh, potentially within, um, you know, in terms of a facilitator. And um, the, the challenge, I, I think, to, to Rune's point is uh, the different time zones, because we were such a diverse group, which was amazing to see the different, um, you know, aspects of uh, folks coming in with different experiences from all over the world, right? Different time zones, finding that mutual time that works for everyone. You know, the doodle poll worked uh, great. And I think talking about tools, leveraging Miro, um, leveraging Slack, uh, and actually, you know, old fashioned, you know, phone and, um, you know, text messaging and group, group chats. Uh, we've come together to achieve the mission and the goals that we've set for ourselves between the, the formal meetings that Scrum Alliance would, would organize us with. So um, the aspect of self-organization and self-management uh, came through. The aspect of diversity was amazing because everyone brought something different to the table. And uh, we've all come together to, um, to bring value, hopefully, right? So uh, we, we wanted to make sure that we achieved the mission that was put in front of us as a team, one team at a time. And whenever we did meet together and there was uh, you know, potentially a lack of uh, attendance from another group, we would quickly say, you know, oh, we, we don't see that many participants from group you know, four, for example, or group one, why don't we divide and conquer, Sally, if you remember. And we just basically um, got an opportunity to see where we can provide assistance. So we all balanced. To yeah, it sounds like you were operating in that new paradigm, new just, paradigm. just creative, um, yeah. you know, distributed, self-organizing, all of those things. And I was going to ask you what happened when things went bad and it sounds like you just, you know, reorganized again and said, okay, so we can, the, this group is not, is not attending or not working out. So we just, you know, use some of those same principles. So you did work together, but I, I understand you did also have some experts yeah. join the crew just for, to help that along. Like, can you tell me more about that? Maybe I can talk to uh, some of the experts. We definitely need to give them some uh, some credit also for, for the time that they spent. Um, so there were there were three people that were sort of the the Uber experts that I think we've all heard of: uh, Roman Pickler, uh, Jeff Patton, and uh, Kenny Rubin. Uh, these are people that I think most people in the product uh, owner community know about. They were mm. really passionate, and they were kind of acting like uh, you know they, they were certainly uh, contributing in the, in the in the in the teams. But I think they were also kind of like. Uh, grandfathers if you want to call it that they were kind of guiding <laughs> us along the way when we were having different conversations i mean that in the best possible sense of the word um, and the most wise sense a, of the word i guess so, that's yeah. right they were very very <laughs> wise guys <Yeah. laughs> without using that negative connotation and what, what we also had was was an excellent uh, coach facilitator cst valerio sanini who who really helped us uh, not only in, in thought leadership, but also to, like Elena was referring to, uh, 
really helped organize everything and facilitate. It's not easy to facilitate any type of session. Yeah, you know that, Simon. You're doing now facilitating a podcast with all these people. But to do this across all these time zones, multiple times, very difficult. And, and I, I think he did it in such a nice, light touch, uh, very easy to work with kind of way. So yeah, credit to, to everyone who worked out. And I mean, that's the thing that I think is so, that I think is so great about this tool is that you have people here with 20, 30, 40 years of experience and people with one or two years of experience. So you have this breadth of experience and the diversity, like like, uh, like Elena was saying, these things combine to create a, a pretty comprehensive tool. I think the, the type of categories we go through here, I think are really the, the main sort of areas of expertise that every product owner should be aware of. And that, that's one of the things I really like about this. It really helps at a pretty deep and broad level. Yeah, Drake, I think the piece that you talk about, that 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 breadth of experience, I think was really like a bonus that we had, right? So again, some of us yeah. have been doing this for yeah. so long and we have our own ways of doing things. And yeah, we've all read the books and we've all taken the classes, um, right? So we all had the same start, but you know, we've morphed along the way. Um, you know, in, in our journeys and the way that we do things and our experiences. But so getting to, and while we, while we talked about the time zones and, and the, the geographic split being one of the challenges, while it was from the logistics, it actually was one of the, the benefits too, because now you got the regional different things that have, that have kind of come up as well. So a lot of the different perspectives, you know, all, all across, right? So, um, and, and so like I said, we could have just as easily had, like we said, the agile heroes or you know, th those folks kind of come up with this tool. Um, but I, I think the, the, the richness of what's in here comes from all those different perspectives. And I, I personally love just being able to hear how different people, their, their different thoughts on some of the same topics that we've always talked about, right? So it even got me, like we're, we're creating this for the community, um, but it actually it got me thinking too, a lot, a lot differently about some things. So yeah, it was really mm -hmm. cool. I, I think that's a great point. I think I think developing the tool is a success in itself, but also the process of actually getting together, bringing a group of 20 plus individuals from all over the world and having a meeting. We would meet every couple of weeks and every time we were doing something different, working on a different focus, working on a different, working in a different way. And I think that process of developing the tool became a learning opportunity in itself. At least I was learning from the volunteers all the time, seeing you all as experts, really just appreciating everything that you all were bringing, um, knowing that the tool can't be developed without you all, but also really just having a way to connect and, and just learn from one another, I think was just a huge highlight of the tool. And I, hopefully the tool is a, a, an example of that. And you see the diversity of experience and application when you, when you use it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, so moving on to the, uh, to the, uh, actual like questions themselves. Uh, Matt, maybe you can tell us a bit more about how um, how the questions were formulated and how they, uh, you know, how you ensure that level of quality that people are going to be using. Yeah, sure. And you know, a number of the uh, folks have talked about this this learning opportunity. That's one of the exciting things about uh, my role in this is I, I get to learn a lot along the way here too. Uh, I I'm not uh, uh, have any background in in uh, the product owner space, and so. For me to uh, to be able to to come in and learn a lot about this uh, has been very interesting, um, uh, and one of the parts of my job I really love. Um, but uh, this uh, my main role is to help us kind of look at the quality of the the questions and, and ensure that as we're we're rolling this into an assessment that we have statements that are are going to uh, work well and and give us good assessment of of what the actual practice is. If you think about what we're trying to do here, we're really constructing sort of a measuring stick, right? We're trying to measure something about how people's perceptions of their role as a product owner. And that's difficult because uh, everyone's a little different and they, uh, you know, it's not as easy as sort of pulling out your, your tape measure and, and measuring the length of something to try to figure out where people are in terms of their, their product owner um, uh, uh, skills. And so what we're trying to do here is to craft questions and to craft uh, dimensions that will help us get a better idea of sort of where folks are on that overall scale. So we sort of start by brainstorming, you know, what are some topics and what are some, some ways that we could probe at those topics, some questions, some specific questions that we could dig into. And then we kind of take a look at all of those and see how we can sort of boil that down and try to make a consistent, coherent set of questions that are going to cover the waterfront of all of the, the topic areas that we need to cover into the right depth and, and 
do a little bit of tweaking on the on the wording to make sure it's going to going to work uh, without uh, kind of being too biased in one direction or another. We do all that work up front to try to get as good a quality as we can. And of course, you know, down the road as we collect data, we'll we'll start to see how the assessment performs, and and we'll use that feedback if we need to to make any tweaks. That'll be the data that will actually guide us towards making those uh, those adjustments downstream. But we do try to start with a really good place in terms of, you know, let's let's get some high quality questions uh, put together, mm-hmm. things that we we know from based on experience are are likely to work, or things that we might trip over. Um, and uh, hopefully that'll that'll put us in a good position so that uh, we come out of the gate with a high quality assessment. Yeah, that's what I love about uh, this is what you bring to the table, Matt, because uh, it's it's not only the continuous improvement of the uh, of the person, it's a continuous improvement of the questions that we're constantly mm, looking yes. at and making sure that they are always valid and, and continue to be valid. Uh, um, as, as the tool progresses. So, I mean, I think I'm quite excited to get really into the the actual categories and all, all the things that you guys discovered and put together. So, I mean, what does make a good product owner and and where what are the skills that, that, that people sh- will be learning about and focusing on? It's really, that's a really broad question. <laughs> and then yeah. I have to try to find a survey to see exactly what categories we chose. But I think what we did uh, is that we looked at that role. And I think one thing we found out really quickly is that that role has evolved a lot. Like it started off a very sort of team focused type of role. I, I wouldn't mm. say it was ever an order taker, but it was very team focused. And you weren't truly the person who owned, you know, the products very often. You would usually work with a product manager or something like that. But I think that has evolved a lot. I think the product owner, uh, that is not so much the case anymore. I think increasingly the the traditional product manager and product owner role have sort of merged to become now a lot more strategic uh, and a lot more expansive. I mean, this is not just about, just about the product and the customers and the market and viability and feasibility and desirability. It's also about the, the human side of this, like you more about our users. What about empathy? What mm. about the problem we're solving? How do we find out what the problem is? Uh, you know, there, there's so many other things here, uh, all the way through technical things like, are we doing this in a responsible way? Are we dealing with uh, uh, tech debt? You know, the, it, it kind of covered everything from exploration to execution. So I don't know, there was, I, I thought it was really inspiring to see how much that role has grown, but it also just, I think, uh, reiterates the fact that we need something to help us guide people on their way. Cause I can only imagine how it must be. I mean, all of us have had mm. of experience. Imagine coming out of college or maybe having a work uh, job for a day or, or a year or two, and then getting a certification and saying, okay, now you're a product owner, good luck. I mean. That's overwhelming. So, so this hopefully will help you at least put some things in categories and help. I you think that's that. such a great point. I mean, we have to we, have, we do all have to realize that this Agile Manifesto was written twenty years ago, before cloud, before mobile, before all of these things. And so, the idea and the expectations of that product management role, especially with the emergence of things like UX and, and and all of these, like it has changed quite a lot and has given birth some amazing ideas and some ways of working. But at, that's almost it's such an opportunity for the product manager or product owner, but it's also the most ambiguous role out there. People are also always trying to figure out, well, should I be doing working on uh, technical designs or should I be working with customer support or should I be working with, uh, you know, user research. There's so, it's such a hugely broad role that, um, you know, I think it is very valuable to give people some of that guidance on the clear pillars and, you know, things that will make, create a strong foundation and, and, and uh, to, to help them in their career. So um, uh, are, there, are there certain ideas or areas that became, that through your journey became really clear, these are the important things one needs to be strong on in the product owner role? I think everyone as a product owner is gonna be at a different stage in their journey. Yes. Right? So it would be, uh, and we wanted to tailor to all different levels, I guess, of product owners, somebody who's just taken a two-day class, somebody yep. who's exploring the role, and somebody who's been doing it for years, yet mm. wants to know, you know, how do I self-improve? And what are the areas that I need to focus on? You know, is it user story mapping or is it, you know, prioritization techniques that I need to focus on? So we wanted to tailor it um, to all the different 
levels, I guess, and maturity levels of a product owner, because I think we all realize that taking a two-day uh, bootcamp class, as I call it, <laughs> you know, is not enough uh, for somebody to just go through and 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 say I am a product owner and I'm and I'm you know a, a superstar uh, from that perspective because uh, it's a journey right it's it's just a start of somebody's role in the product owner space so uh, taking this assessment will determine areas of focus potentially because they're doing that you know on their own it's you know hopefully confidential to themselves and and it will determine areas of a self-improvement and provide, tools you know whether it's books articles to read um potential you know classes to take further or you know it, it's not it's a lot of there's depth of resources and we spend a lot of time on identifying those um credible resources right with experts being uh working with us verifying that what we are identifying is actually worthwhile for those product owners to spend time on because we don't want to suggest something that might be, you know, taking them totally different direction. So um, verifying those sources. And so if there is an area of, um, you know, maybe prioritization or product backlog refinement is something that the product owner needs to focus on, then there'll be um, certain activities or workshops or books or articles that they could read and then improve in that area. And then they could go in, you know, maybe a year later or six months later, retake the, the assessment and then determine that maybe that now they can focus on another area and grow as a, as a product owner. I think this applies not just to product owners, but for Scrum Masters as well, right? Mm -hmm. So again, taking a two-day class or even becoming an advanced certified uh, Scrum Master or even a professional one, you, you still have that spectrum of where you are in, in, the, in the journey and in the maturity space. So uh, encouraging everyone to take the time, uh, you know, it doesn't take that long to take the survey once it's launched in June and, uh, you know, self-assess and determine where are, am I? Uh, and sometimes acknowledging and self-awareness is so powerful, you know, Absolutely. just knowing, uh, you know, how am I doing? Yeah, I think it's also a good piece of that is, is, is how am I doing and how should I be doing? But uh, something uh, during you said, how's my organization using this role? Like, what am I being asked to do, right? Wow. So again, we go to these, these classes and we learn what this role should be, right? Hey, you should have this wide spectrum of, of things kind of like under your purview and responsibilities. But if I recognize, all right, my organization is asking me to be this, right? This aspect of the role is kind of what they're focused on. Now, as, as, a, as, a, as a maybe like a new product owner or whatever, I can now see like, all right, here's some other things I should be able to focus on. And then that almost helped them grow maybe grow the role at their organization as well so they, you know they can increase aspects of their game as it were all right so right now i'm being asked to play this role but let me now it'll help guide them into different things that they also could be doing and ways that they could do it um right here's some some guidance almost like as if they had kind of like a, a coach kind of riding along with them um that they could go and and as elena said i can kind of self-guide right and say all right i'm really good at this aspect because this is what i'm being asked to do but let me see how I can stretch myself into these other areas. And, and like you said, expand myself into the role, even if the organization right now isn't looking at it. And that might actually help, help them, we'll call it like from the bottom up, kind of grow the role uh, with where they're at as well. So That's such an amazing point, Dwayne, because every company leans in a certain direction. So if you're a very engineering heavy organization, you're probably going to operate in a very engineering like way as a product owner. But let's say you take this assessment, you start to realize, wait a minute, we're not doing any human centered uh, activities, maybe that's somewhere where I can grow as a person, but also I can become, become a leader, as we we're talking about within our organization. And this plays into another thing I was thinking about when listening to you was um, you are typically people do come into the product owner role, not out of school, but they kind of come into it from a, a path. Like you either come into it as an engineer or as a designer or from the business. And this is going to, in much the same way, help you understand look, if I'm coming in, let's say you're coming in a designer, I do need to have that you know, that, 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 that to make good decisions, I need to have that lens and information into engineering, into the business and help me grow into those areas um, that, that are really going to benefit me making holistic decisions um, that ultimately benefit, you know, the users of the, of the, of whatever you're building. So I, I love that idea of, uh, you know, expanding and, and owning the role. So that's great. 
Um, yeah, if you look at the, some of those categories you said earlier, like what are the categories? And look, look them up now. And as you look at them, you're just like, wow, there's a lot here. <laughs> I mean, yes. you start off with, with core business competencies. I mean, just there, mm-hmm. that's probably an MBA in itself. Yep. And then we have discovery activities. So that's around discovery, you know, what kind of customer segments, what kind of problems mm-hmm. are we solving? Uh, purpose and strategy. I mean, talk about a broad topic. That's another category by itself. Validating product assumptions, super important. We test ideas. We see whether or not we're on the right track. Managing the product backlog, which is more traditional, sort of team-based. Yes. Uh, planning and forecasting. This is another one I love. Measure value delivered. This is mm. one of the things that I don't think we do a lot of. Well, frankly, we don't do enough of it usually in yeah. the Scrum community. We just deliver and then we just, great, you know, we did it. That's not Right, that's yeah, not enough. Yeah. We also have to measure that we actually delivered value. It's not just that's that. actually half the value. I, I agree with that it's a lot right? of teams can really you can push stuff out, but what's coming back? Like that's half the that's value right. of agile. So yeah, that's right. And then and to Dwayne's point, uh, the last part there was was leadership, uh, which which is an enormous, enormously large topic, but it covers those a lot of those areas that have to do with you know you're, you're helping leading, you're, you're helping provide a vision and a strategy for a group of people here. Who, who may or may not know exactly how their work contributes to creating value for that team or that organization. That's a, that's a pretty important role. So yeah, the more I, I mean, honestly, this whole process has made me appreciate the product on a role uh, <laughs> tremendously. I'm very in awe of all the people that are volunteering and helping out here. It's a very important role. I think, and back to Elena's point, like each one of those topics is like a journey in itself. Uh, let alone the you know the epic that it is going to be to to manage all those and I think one needs to have some humility to say no one can be a unicorn and perfect in any of those areas so it's really about understanding where the greatest value you can uh, where's the greatest value of investing your your limited time and 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 uh, abilities. It can take years to unpack and get good at any one of those aspects. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's important to say this is uh, this uh, self-assessment. It's yep. not an exam. You will never get an A. <laughs> Hopefully, you will never get an A. I don't think I've ever met a product owner who would get an A in this. So everyone would uh, learn something new, have an ability to stretch themselves, set a new goal. Okay, I want to learn more about planning and forecasting because the assessment shows me that there's something I could pick up on that area. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad product owner. It just means that I have uh, something more to learn. And I think that's, that's part of the challenge to find the right resources so that the person who goes in there and reads them or uh, looks at the video or uh, check out a book would, uh, would really grow in the role of product owner. And I think that's why the community would be so great for this because it's a living product. It's not like a done once and then lives forever, but we can, during the lifetime of this product, the resources can be updated and someone might come up with something say, well, this is handling this issue much better than the one that is in the product. And then we can switch it. Just yeah, picking think- up on that one, Runa, would, would you mind telling people a little bit about the community, Sally? Because I know one thing that I think is really important is, like you say, it's, it's a continuous journey, uh, Runa. And then once you get to the point where you're taking the assessment and you, you're looking at some new resources, you may want to look to engage with people who you trust or, or people that you know have more experience than you. Can you tell us a little bit about that community and, and especially the experts that we consider experts here? Who are these people? Are they, are they some folks in a, <laughs> around the round table somewhere? <laughs> cigars or what to tell me about these people oh that'd be cool um yeah so the community feature is one of the aspects of the tool that i'm most excited about just because again it ties into giving people access to experts in the community and also just like the wider product owner community um so the community board is its own little feature where individuals using the tool can post questions and they can either post questions in a confidential manner so maybe they don't want everybody knowing the challenges they're experiencing there's a degree of safety there that exists mm-hmm. or maybe they want to engage with the wider product owner community and just learn you know what are tips and tricks that work for you there, here's an issue let me know what you've done that kind of thing any any question that might come up but 
the people who are designated as experts within the tool are um, the coaches and the trainers in the Scrum Alliance community. So people like Elena, people who have many, many years of experience in the field, um, and they're really the ones that are guiding uh, these agilists and, and providing uh, really valuable education and training. Um, and there's a way to directly connect with them where, you know, in the past, maybe you would be at a conference, you would be at an event and you'd have easy access to just having conversation and asking questions. Um, here's a way to do this, you know, online. Um, and also have that diversity of perspective where you can be talking to people from all over the world um, who work at different types of organizations and um, they can be answering your questions and really sharing, you know, their success stories and their challenges. And, um, you know, I think a potential for this tool as it lives on for longer is hopefully we're able to capture some of these success stories and really say, this is one way that the tool worked for me personally. This is how it worked for my team, um, for my organization. And hopefully over time, we're able to share more of those out and have, you know, examples of how this tool can be valuable for different scenarios. Um, but yeah, I, the community feature, I think, brings that connection piece and that mentorship piece that is so important. And I've heard time and time again, people who are practitioners who are new in the field, who have been in the field for a couple of years, really what's important is that mentorship and that guidance. So hopefully the community board is a way to, to fill that. Yeah, and I can imagine there may be people out there who don't have anyone to talk to. Uh, don't, you know, you talk about, you know, we have people at conferences, et cetera, that I, I'm sure there's uh, people around the world who need that guidance and support because they do really don't have they may be the only product owner in their organization they need someone to connect with and and to support so just to hear that idea that the community does exist there are these people out there you can talk to um, is just amazing to hear um, and i think the idea of that continuous journey is also something that's really important like i think we pointed out that you take it once it's not you, no one's going it's not about getting an a but then the idea is that you take it again in three months you take action and do that iterative mindset of uh, you know, taking, taking, understanding where you are, getting some real clarity, taking some action with a hypothesis and then, and then seeing how you improved again and again. So it's a real ability for people to create that journey, you know, with chapters along the way to, um, to really understand their journey in the whole uh, scheme of, you know, the product owner role as we, as we've talked about is, is it's a, it's a long one. It's a big one and it can take you a whole lifetime to, uh, to really understand. So that's great to hear. it's a give it's a giveaway for everyone striving to uh, set up their personal uh, okrs uh, yes in, if the company is using that because they can just take it from the tool absolutely yeah, so you can integrate into your okrs and and the tool itself will, will improve over time too so as the community is taking taking the surveys and they're finding other uh, recommendations, other resources, uh, they can contribute that to the tool directly. It will be reviewed by the experts uh, and just make sure things are appropriate and that kind of thing. Uh, and then that will be added to the tool. So, so it will continue to grow and, and, and hopefully it can be a great resource for updated resources and, 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 and elements to go to. Because that, that was one of the things that really surprised me was the diversity of resources. I mean, there's, there's so many things when we started in the Agile and Scrum community, it was kind of technical when we started. Now you mm. look at all the resources and there's so much that goes way beyond traditional Agile and Scrum, which is wonderful, I think. It's a very rich community and uh, content here. So yeah, that's just, just talks to the, to the whole uh, impact of the product on the role. I think there is an, a, a position, though, for giving people access to quality uh, vetted content, though, because, I mean, I think the thing that I always talked about with people is you usually learn Agile or, or Scrum from the company that you're at. You know, not a lot of people start in the purest sense. So if you if you are starting out with maybe some augmented states, it's always good to, you know, be have, be influenced by by some good qualified uh resources so that i think that's another resource another um benefit that we can take away from the tool is that these are hand chosen hand-picked uh resources for people to understand and, and improve upon their journey so uh that's that's always good to hear um so how does i mean how does how does these uh 
uh, how can people contribute to the, making the POPI a meaningful resource or, you know, as the, after they've, um, after they've taken it and they've been involved in, in, in the community? I'll say the two main things. One is to contribute in the community board, just like Saleh was talking about. Uh, it, yeah. It's going to be a dynamic live community board, so they can definitely contribute there. And the other would be to suggest uh, other resources. So as they're going through the tool and as they as they score, uh, you know, high or low, uh, they'll be provided with resources and suggestions. And if they see things that they feel are missing or if there's things that could be even better, they can then uh, submit a, uh, a resource submission, essentially. And then uh, that will be added to the tool. So, yeah, lots of ways to contribute. And, and you know, so the more you engage with it, the better it gets in a way. So it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, the tool, I think, is going to grow and change over time, right? So as people use it more and we see different case scenarios of how it's benefiting, um, we'll have better ideas of the potential of this tools of this mm. of this tool. So my mm -hmm. suggestion is for people to take the assessment and over time let us know how the how it's going and how it's working for them so that we can share that out and have um, you know examples of uh, how people can use the tool within their organizations. Um, and also just a reminder that we are always open to feedback and we always want to hear about ways that the tool can improve, whether it's the questions, whether it's how the you know, assessment works, whether it's how the community board is doing and ideas for new features. Like we just want to hear and learn from the community because it is for the community. Um, and that's really the only way that we'll continue to evolve the tool. So that's great to hear. And I think one thing I'd like to do is just kind of, it sounds like this has been a really transformative experience for everyone on the call, you know, something that you didn't quite know what you were getting into, but ultimately ended up being quite beneficial. So maybe we'll just go around the room and maybe you can tell us what you, what you've taken away from this, from this experience of developing a product, working in this agile way and uh, really creating something of value for the community. So Solly, why don't we just start back with you? Cool. Um, I'm going to be the one who's like the people community focused person. Um, <laughs> I don't mind. That sounds like a great person. <laughs> um, I would say for me, the most impactful part of this whole process was really working with the volunteers, working with you all. Um, it was just really exciting to pick out, uh, you know, the 20 people that we started with and know that the tool was going to be a success because these individuals were going to be working on it uh, to really just have an idea of what we were moving towards, but to really see the volunteers and our community in action and really guiding it was very, very powerful for me. Um, and it, again, it was that opportunity to connect, um, to learn from other people and professionals in the field. And so being able to kind of facilitate an experience where individuals could come together and do that and, and hopefully work on their own professional development. That was really exciting. And then ultimately to have a product that we can share with our community is, you know, it's the fruit of the labor. Like I've heard that, uh, like I've heard that uh, said during this podcast, it really is just uh, a way to present something that has so much heart and passion and, and thoughtfulness um, behind it. So awesome yeah. community. <laughs> Dwayne, what about you? Yeah, so it, I guess part of that too is just those those global connections that we talked about, right? So again, just expanding um, the 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 influence, like folks that were able to influence me, right? So um, hearing hearing different things from different areas and pe people's perspectives, um, and and sometimes it's like yeah, when you're it's one thing to have a chat with somebody from these different areas, but when you're like rolling up your sleeves and you're you're working together on this and and trying to hammer some of this out and and having like those really rich conversations about. Um, you'd be surprised like some of the wording on some of these and well, what do we mean by assumptions or what do we mean by strategy versus vision right and really digging into it um, you know it's just uh, the the like-minded conversations and and just you know the broadness of, uh, of thought is what I really enjoyed right getting to learn from other other people from from different areas and, and different walks of of like like we talked about earlier they where they're at in their journeys and how, how they've taken this like I said we all started at the same place but where have we all sort of taken this too and kind of see where we where we're all at in these different different aspects so I just I love that part right just that well-rounded piece and getting to be part of that yeah that sounds that sounds very similar but you know it's 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 I think it's you all kind of bonded on that experience so Elena what did you take away from uh 
from working with the team? I think just remembering when we started, I had no expectations, right? I didn't know what the outcome will be. And we were basically starting with, you know, come volunteer, help us out, uh, bring your expertise with you, your experiences. And just getting into that, that I remember first meeting, we were like, okay, so what are we, what, what's the outcome at the end? And then seeing weeks later or months later, uh, what the product ended up being, it's, it's just it, it, astonishing what a group of experts put together in a room can do. Makes me think about, you know, when the Agile Manifesto was put together, you know, 20, 20 plus years ago now, and uh, those 13 men had no agenda, right? And, and, and they came up with, uh, with the Agile Manifesto and the 12 principles. So we basically were put together, we were given some direction, but ultimately what, what came out of it uh, is something hopefully is valuable to the product owner community and will evolve over the, over the time that it's being used. And I can't wait myself to see the trends and the trend analysis that we can all generate from the data to see what are the focus areas, not just in New York City where I am, but at, for example, but are all over the world. You know, what can Scrum Alliance do? What can the community do as a result? You know, this is something I think, I feel like is gonna be so impactful because the role of a product owner is interpreted differently across mm -hmm. the organizations, across the world, across the leadership teams, right? Uh, is it a full-time role or is it something that I do on the side? Uh, do I understand what my product goal is or what my sprint goal is? Some product owners don't even define it, right? It's again, to our earlier discussion, just pushing stuff out. Mm. So I think looking at the trends and results that this tool will generate will, will be impactful to the growth of this area and of this role. So I personally you know, had no expectations starting off and now just seeing so many possibilities coming out of it. So I'm excited of where it's gonna take us. Excellent, that, that sounds fantastic. Matthew, what about you? What did you take from the, from the experience? Well, you know, I think um, one thing that I think was really interesting or uh, unusual about this, and it's kind of been referenced before, but just the community aspect of this, many of the assessments that we work with kind of come from a single voice or a mm -hmm. single perspective, right? Um, but this is a community project. And, and so that's that's a little bit uh, unusual among the, the assessment tools that we have, or and really among the assessment tools that 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 we see out there in practice. And so I think, um, you know, let's launch the strength to this because it's, it's really been built by a community. It's not representing a single point of view. It's representing the collective wisdom of a broad swath of our community from, as was mentioned earlier, with a lot of diversity of, of, of role and thought and, and background. And so, you know, I think that's uh, bringing a lot to the table and, and it was really exciting to be involved in this project and sort of see how, how that all came together and, and to try to support that process a little bit along the way. Yeah, that's a really, I think that's such an enduring point that this is quite an innovative product even in itself a lot of the stuff you see out there has been written by one or two people as opposed to uh the collective wisdom of of, of you know everyone in the scrum alliance and, and their associates so yeah that's a great point and rune what did you take away i i think the fact that i had to dig deep into my own resources to see why is this important? Why is this why is this a key competence for a product owner? Uh, we were touching on to the leadership uh, track. Uh, is a product owner a leader? And what do we mean by leadership for a product owner? That's interesting discussions, and uh, I think really challenging the team to come up with what are we what are we challenging the the product owner on. And uh, it made me really dive deep into the subject. And uh, that together with all the other wonderful things that Matthew and Duane has, uh, and others have mentioned, it was like, it was like an epiphany, epiphany? Is that, that a word? Epiphany. Yeah. Uh, epiphany. <laughs> epiphany, yeah. So it was, uh, it was really giving me also some personal, uh, uh, growth and I, I'm like uh, really looking forward to have this as a tool to uh, as a consultant to be able to to offer to other product owners or 
as a coach to to let other people try out to to make them grow because i think that's the biggest value of this that uh, a person by himself or herself can can use this to to grow in their role and get a more stronger position for themselves in doing the work fantastic and finally jorgen like uh it's another another tool in the belt of the comparative agility suite uh what did you take away my, my greatest experience with this, I think, has been just seeing how generous uh, the community mm. is and this whole mm. this whole process has been very generous because we, we should point out this tool is completely free. Uh, Scrum Alliance is not charging for this. Comparative Agility is not charging for this. None of the people who were on this uh, project charged a cent for this. Everything was volunteer work. So this is a completely free resource. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes those resources are the very best ones because, you know, there's no profit motive here. We're really just yeah. here to create an awesome tool to help our profession and people in their roles grow. And, and I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And I don't think there's not just every industry that can do this. There's something about the agile industry that's always been about this kind of stuff, that we help mm -hmm. each other, you know, yeah, yeah. We can have Jeff Patton or Ken Rubin and Robin Pickler to spend, you know, these are people that could probably charge five, six, seven, thousand dollars an hour still they just show up and help us yeah. right um <laughs> this has been really awesome so yeah scrum alliance i think has shown a lot of commitment to this role and, and we're just happy to be a partner with them and happy to be sharing this with everyone so this is going to be you know for all those csposos uh, cspos out there this is hopefully something that can help them in their in their role in their journey so super excited a lot of generosity here so yeah i feel re really happy to be part of this I, I could feel the generosity and excitement just on the call right now. So uh, I think that's a really, really great point to, to end it on. Uh, this is available on this assessment is available on the Comparative Julie website. And the product data PI will be available in June. This is an entirely free resource, but remember, this is an exclusive Scrum Alliance member benefit. So in order to use the product data PI, you need to have a valid certified Scrum product data certification. To access this tool, Log into your profile on scrumalliance.org and click the link that says Product Donor PI. Your account will then be activated and you'll be ready to start your journey of continuous improvement. Thank you to everyone on the call. I learned a lot and I'm very excited to see where this innovation takes the whole community and really the world. I think it's going to do great things. Have a great day. Bye.